There's so much health advice floating around, online, among friends. But who can you really trust? Trust the experts. Listen to the world's brightest medical minds, our very own Cleveland Clinic experts. We ask them real questions, tough and intimate health questions, and we get real answers, all originally recorded live. Hi, thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Nada Youssef, and today we're uh, talking to our featured experts about heart-healthy eating. And as always, we are taking your questions, so send any questions you have in the comment section below. Uh, today our featured expert is registered dietitian, Kate Patton. Kate works specifically in preventive cardiology here at Cleveland Clinic. Thank you so much for coming in today. And as always, keep in mind that this is for informational purposes only and not to replace your own physician's advice. So thank you again for being here. If sure. you can just take a few minutes to introduce yourself to our viewers. Sure, I work um, here at Maine Campus in preventive cardiology, which is a specialty clinic um, for patients who are either at rest, risk for heart disease or who already um, have heart disease. So it's a multidisciplinary clinic with cardiologists and dietitians, exercise physiologists, mm. nurses. So um, if you're really concerned about your um, risk for heart disease, uh, you can make an appointment and you don't need a referral either. Great. So do you need to be a heart patient then to... Um you, you don't necessarily have to, no. Okay. Like I said, so you're, if you're just at risk for heart disease, so you I know see. you have some risk factors like high blood pressure or uh, high cholesterol or diabetes or if you're overweight, um, sure. just any of those risk factors, or just a really high family history, um, strong family history, then you can still come make an appointment. Great, great. Well, um, I want to kind of talk a little bit about fat because um, fat used to be, um, you know, such a taboo thing. Yes. And now there's healthy fats that we can kind of talk about. Um, and it's very important heart-healthy fats are known to lower bad LDL cholesterol and raise good HDL cholesterol. So can you talk a little bit about um, where we can find these heart-healthy fats? Sure, kind of sure, that's true. So what we know is that um, the key is actually trying to replace, though, some of the bad fat in your diet with the better types of fats. So the better fats are monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fats. Mm -hmm. Monounsaturated fats come from things like olives and avocado. Um, they're found in all types of nuts and found in certain oils, so olive oil, extra virgin olive oil, mm -hmm. canola oil, peanut oil. So those are good sources of fat, a monounsaturated fat that we do want to consume daily. Polyunsaturated fats come from um, a variety of different sources, so both um, some plant-based sources so like I'm um, actually more abundant in walnuts and actually in like soy products. And then we get some polyunsaturated fats, specifically omega-3 fats. That's a really um, healthy type of fat that um, has a lot of heart protective benefits. We found that in fish like salmon and tuna and some plant-based sources too, like flaxseed and walnuts too. Great. So so you said plant-based and mm -hmm. also fish. Right. Is there a specific fish. kind of fish that we can find the most? Yeah, so omega-3 fats? fats are found in pretty much all types of fats, but the fish that are more dense in those omega-3 fats are like the salmon, the tuna, mm -hmm. sardines, herring. Um, those have mm -hmm. more of the omega-3s. So it's good, good to get the fish twice a week in your diet, sure. um, even up to three times per week. Um, in a more Mediterranean-style diet, they eat it three times a week. Great. Now, when we talk about uh, nuts, um, studies suggest that eating just 30 grams of nuts per day may help reduce the risk of developing um, heart disease by 30 to 50%. Um, 
But what is 30 grams of nuts? So, good question. <laughs> so 30 grams is one ounce. So if you're actually okay. weighing them. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you have a food scale at home, you can weigh it. You know, if not, I, I tell patients typically like a, a handful to around like a fourth of a cup is a good portion um, to have either just as a snack or mm -hmm. kind of spread that out and maybe have some in your cereal in the morning, have some in a salad at lunch. Um, that's a good way to get that. And are do the nuts vary? Because I know some probably have more oil than others. Yeah, that's true. So um, one of the one of the major studies that we know that um, has a lot of proven research on um, on heart health benefits is the Mediterranean style diet. Mm -hmm. And in this big study that came out a couple of years ago, uh, subjects were eating the 30 grams per day, and it was almonds, walnuts, and hazelnuts. So okay. I always tend to promote those first okay. um, as trying to get those. But I know. You know, some patients like more like cashews or peanuts, yeah. yeah, pistachios. So I think it's okay to still get a variety, but I, I promote the walnuts, the almonds, hazelnuts the most. So 30 mm -hmm. grams. That's mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. Great. And speaking of um, healthy fats, um, I want to talk a little bit about the ketogenic diet because um, mm -hmm. it promotes healthy fats, right, and, and low carbs. Um, and it, I guess we'll talk about ketosis, and that's what mm -hmm. your body goes through. Can you tell our viewers a little bit about what ketosis is and if, if it's good for your heart? Sure, sure. So ketogenic diet is fairly trendy right now. Mm -hmm. So ketogenic diet is where actually a really uh, the majority of calories in your diet are coming from fat. So it's almost about like 70% of your calories. Mm -hmm. um, and then another... Um, 20% um, from protein and only 10% from carbohydrate. Okay. So um, since you're eating mostly fat, um, that's what your body's going to use actually as a fuel source too for energy. So you'll be getting fat that you eat in your diet, um, but then your body can also burn its own fat for fuel. Um, and so that's where some, a ketogenic diet can be pretty beneficial for um, weight loss because mm -hmm. um, your body starts to burn its own fat for fuel and so you lose weight that way. However, though, there hasn't been a lot of research on, you know, a ketogenic diet long term mm -hmm. and its effect on our heart. Sure. So, you know, if um, you, know, you do have heart disease, um, I would still caution against it or um, consider talking to your doctor before you start a ketogenic sure. diet. Sure. So what you're saying is um, ketosis is your body using your own fat mm -hmm. to burn energy? Mm -hmm. Is that correct? To instead get of energy, glucose? Yeah. To get right, energy. instead of glucose. Yeah, carbohydrate is your body's typically the main source of energy sure. in our diet. But so then when you eliminate it pretty much from your diet, you know, then um, the next source of energy would be fat. Because protein your body needs just to, to stay intact. It's not right. an efficient energy source. Right, right. Great. Well, um, as a registered dietitian in preventive cardiology, what do you eat? What do you eat for breakfast? What, what do you promote? What do you eat for lunch? Yeah, so like I mentioned before, I really promote the Mediterranean diet um, sure. the most um, just because it's proven to have such um, heart health benefits. So sure. um, starting off the day, you know, for breakfast could vary from oatmeal to a sprouted grain toast with some almond butter or natural mm. peanut butter or some, you know, whole grain cereal with um, and Greek yogurt and some slivered nuts and flaxseed. Okay. Um, and obviously for a Mediterranean style diet, you want to eat a variety of both the plant-based protein sources and the animals. So trying to get in especially the beans and lentils. So that's mm. sometimes a tricky part for, yeah. <laughs> for patients who, you know, might not like those types of foods to sure. consider eating a meal without meat, especially for men. It's hard, I think, to sure. sometimes think about not having a real burger and having yeah. a bean burger or 
you know, having a salad with chickpeas instead yeah. of chicken. Right, right. But I, I encourage patients to try and make some of those swaps and substitutions right. um, so that they're not getting as much of the animal fat, um, which is, you know, in, if in excess you're consuming too much saturated fat, that can raise your LDL cholesterol. Whereas the beans and lentils have no animal fat, um, but they still give you protein and lots of fiber. And they have a type of fiber in them that helps with cholesterol lowering, so that's oh, great. really healthy. So a variety of all that is... Yeah, so a variety of right, the plant-based proteins from the beans or nuts, um, as well as getting in the fish a couple times a week, uh, lean poultry, uh, choosing that and avoiding you know fried um, types of, of foods. And then trying to keep the beef and pork, veal, lamb to just a little bit more sparingly. Okay. Um, and making sure you choose lean cuts when you do consume it. Okay, great. Well, let me start with some um, questions that we have here. Um, I have uh, Michael. How does fasting with a standard American diet compare to a ketogenic diet that doesn't require any fasting? Mm -hmm. um, is, can you talk a little bit about um, fasting and if, if that's sure? Just... So, uh, fasting on an American diet would mean, I assume, you know, you're just you're only eating during, you know, a certain amount of time period during right, the day. Right. So that obviously, A, you know, kind of limits your total caloric intake. Uh, it also then limits, uh, you know, the amount of time that your your pancreas, you know, is working to actually, you know, um, help digest food and, and release that insulin. So it can help with improving blood sugar levels. Sure. Um, but you'd still be eating, you know, carbs, protein, yeah, and fat sure. um, just during a specific time period so that... Again, to kind of control the calories and help control blood sugars. Sure. Whereas then, um, you know, a ketogenic diet without fasting, like I said, that's completely different. That's when you're just on a really high, high fat diet mm -hmm. um, and your body's burning that fat. But, you know, depending on what your goals are, you know, even eating too many calories on a ketogenic diet, you know, without fasting sure. can be harmful. Sure, so sure. It just depends on what your goals are and what you're looking for sure. as far as Perfect. And then I have uh, Jeanette. Is uh, regular salt unhealthy for a 60-year-old man that has, uh, that has had a heart attack? So salt in general, we do need to limit in our diets, okay. actually for all Americans. Because um, the average American diet is very high in sodium. Yes. Mm -hmm. so, uh, and so too much sodium, even if you have a healthy heart, though, you know, puts you at risk for developing, you know, high blood pressure and things like that. So given that um, he has had a heart attack and he's, you know, over the age of 50, yeah, his sodium needs are a lot less. So only about 1,500 milligrams per day is what's recommended. Okay. Um, so when she says it's regular salt, unhealthy. What is regular? Uh, right. So regular <laughs> salt versus right. sea salt. You know, no matter what, all forms of salt really come down to the same Sodium chloride. Sure, right. So you still want no more than fifteen hundred milligrams. Fifteen hundred milligrams mm -hmm. a day. Yeah. Okay. Good. So you know, averages out to be five hundred milligrams. So and that's not impossible to follow if you kind of choose more whole foods. You know that are minimally processed, not packaged. So you know, going back to eating lots of fruits and vegetables, and you know, eating you know oatmeal has you know no sodium versus some box cereals are really high in sodium. Right. Right. Or. Um, you know, cooking yourself versus, you know, eating out. Speaking of, I mean, uh, 1,500 milligrams a day, what is like a, a normal canned processed food item? Yeah, good question. Item? Yeah, or another way to look at it, too, is even considering actual table salt. So one teaspoon of table salt is 2,300 milligrams. Oh. So if you're, you know, mm. A, eating processed foods, and B, like adding salt to wow. that, like seasoning your food, it's 
then you're really wow. consuming too much. Um, but so a good rule of thumb though when you are is to start reading the nutrition facts labels and an individual food that has 140 milligrams of sodium or less per serving, mm -hmm. that's considered like a low sodium food. Okay. So that's still, you know, acceptable if you want to have a serving of cereal or like a slice of bread. Breads sure. are actually the, one of the biggest sources of sodium in American diet. Really? Um, the American Heart Association's labeled um, six foods, the salty six, that are biggest sources of sodium. So um, one is breads, rolls, tortilla, anything like that, because salt is added as a preservative sure. to keep the bread fresh. Um, deli meats, so mm. any type of deli meat or cured meat is very salty, again, as a preservative. Um, and then other big source would be canned soups or any type of soup in general yeah. because of the broth. Um, another thing to watch out for would be Chicken sometimes is um, like injected with a sodium solution to preserve it and keep it fresh. Mm. Um, often sometimes when it's in those like big um, freezer bags, yeah. if it's like frozen and has like a coating on it, um, so watch out for that. Okay. And then sandwiches are considered a big source of sodium because of the bread and the deli meat. And it has cheese, everything you just said in, yeah, one, exactly. in one meal. So that's one. And then the other one is pizza, which is similar. Oh, yeah. Like, well. The crust is, you know, a bread... Sauces and condiments like tomato sauce, you know, can be salty, but it's the sure. cheese and then the topping, so the pepperoni, sausage, things like that. Wow. There's mm -hmm. a lot of salt in a lot of places we don't think yes. about. Yes. Um, so I have uh, Jamila. Um, FDA has issued a warning against binging on black licorice. Can you explain why? Sure. So that's, um, it has a, a, an ingredient in it that research shows can really affect, like, the rhythms of your heart um, and mm -hmm. cause, like, fast, um, you know, palpitations. Um, and so we just don't want people to, you know, be Is it like an ingredient in black licorice? Mm -hmm. And right. just black just colored black licorice? licorice. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. Yes, exactly. That's very yeah. interesting. Okay, so. so yeah. Just like everything else, only in moderation. moderation. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, how about Chuck? He recently had heart surgery. And um, when is it okay for me to eat red meat? Okay. Because so, there's red meat eaters out there, you know? So. Right, yeah, and that's fine. Obviously, yeah. you know, red meat has benefits. It's a really good source of iron. So, mm -hmm. you know, after heart surgery, you know, there's no problem, you know, immediately eating it, you okay. know, as long as you're able to eat solid foods. Um, but like I said, as part of a Mediterranean diet, you know, we just want red meat to be not very often. Sure. So sparingly, you know, once or twice a week and just making sure it's, like I said, a lean cut, nothing like prime rib with a lot of fat on it. Um, and avoid bacon, sausages, yeah. those higher fat meats. But something lean, you know, with a lot of the fat trimmed off would be okay. And it's important to watch the portion size too. Right. So just trying to keep that meat about the size of the palm of your hand. Great. Awesome. And then uh, Tanner, I use coconut oil regularly in my recipes. Should I stop because of the saturated fats? So, right. So coconut oil is considered, you know, a plant-based source of saturated fat. And it is you know, very high. Mm -hmm. I mean, so we know saturated fat's the type of fat that can raise your, your bad cholesterol. Sure. And so coconut oil's been studied and there's, um, you know, you hear a lot of mixed things about it um, in the research, but really as far as being like heart protective, there really isn't any research to support it. Okay. Um, so I would say, you know, definitely if you, you know, are, you know, free of heart disease and, you know, don't have high cholesterol, it's definitely okay to, to use occasionally in cooking. Okay. Um, but as far as using it every single day, um, you know, I would Go caution against olive that. oil and stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. And the, they're very different, too, in how you cook with, like, the coconut oil is beneficial because it can be cooked at a very high heat. Um, uh, and so 
and so using small amounts for that's okay whereas like extra virgin olive oil you're really not supposed to cook with at a very high heat because it's going to kill a lot of the sure. benefits so the extra virgin olive oil is better for dressings salad dressings and you know dips yeah. but um coconut oil sparingly is okay but so you're referring to like the smoking point right because every correct. oil needs you got it okay mm -hmm. excellent mm -hmm. so extra virgin olive oil don't really cook with it right. put it on your salads mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on top of things just not cooking right okay mm -hmm. great uh, let's see. And then, um, Jess, I changed my entire family's diet to fish, skinless chicken, and veggies, all cooked in olive oil. Is there such a thing as too much olive oil? There is. Um, <laughs> you know, because oils, even the healthy oils and the healthy fats, um, fats are more calorie dense than carbohydrate and protein. So, you know, just like one teaspoon of oil is 50 calories. Sure. So, you um, know, um, if you're still, obviously we still want patients to watch their weight because that's a, um, a risk factor for heart disease. Sure. So yeah, there's still a thing of too, thing of too much. So again, um, moderation. Mm -hmm. yes. Right. But obviously if you're cooking for an entire family, you may use a larger portion, but that's dispersed you know, sure. among the whole family. Exactly. Um, exactly. But no, I would still encourage you to, to use. And then that's the thing is like you can use olive oil, which is from like the later pressings of olives. You can use that to cook with that mm. lower to moderate. Heat. So you're saying not, not extra virgin. Mm, there's versus, a difference. Yeah. I see. Mm -hmm. Okay. What is yeah. what is extra virgin? Can I ask you like yeah, what so is that's extra virgin? From like the very first pressing of olives, like once olives are ripe, okay. the very first press that comes out of it is the is the extra, extra virgin. virgin. I mm -hmm. see. So then you're kind of getting like the the freshest flavor yeah. and the most you know nutritional value. Great, great. That's good to know because I always look at the different right. varieties. I'm like, what mm -hmm. does it really actually mean? Um, and then, Mark, what is the best fish for heart health? Okay. And we touched so, a little bit about this. You know, fish is one of those things that people tend to only like certain types. And sure. so, I mean, I'm happy seeing patients eat, you know, any fish. But like I said, we do know that the um, omega-3 rich fish like salmon and mm -hmm. tuna, herring, sardines, um, you know, you get more of that, which is a really heart healthy type of fish so sure. I encourage those most but you know shellfish yes it has a little bit more cholesterol in it but I think that's still okay if you like shrimp and scallops and sure. things like that so shrimp is in heart healthy you'd say it, yeah yeah okay. mm -hmm. it's actually it's really low in calories and awesome. so it is okay but if your cholesterol is high you, you still want to be a little cautious of sure. it but sure but no you can eat shrimp. great and then uh, I have Mickey um, do the amount of nutrients change when cooked versus raw so when you cook a meal versus raw mm -hmm. are the nutrients changing um, so that's typically patients ask this question about vegetables yeah. you know because if you're steaming something you know sure. to death then um, yeah it's really mushy then yes you do you know lose some of that that nutritional value so um yeah raw vegetables you know you're going to be kept intact so you have a little bit more nutrient dense um cooked vegetables though you know, try not to yeah, cook them to death just till they're yeah. soft or the consistency yeah. you like. And you'll still get the nutritional value, you know, vitamins, minerals, fiber. Um, there's even certain vegetables like tomatoes, actually. Um, their, um, their, like, ability to be absorbed in our body actually is enhanced um, when they're cooked. Too. When they're cooked. Mm -hmm. And you combine it in a meal with some healthy fat. Because um, oh. certain vitamins like A, D, E, and K, they're called the fat-soluble vitamins. So you do want to consume fat with them. Um, oh, okay. Kinda, when you eat those. So um, tomatoes are more nutrient mm -hmm. when nu Yeah, nutri yeah, you're going to absorb it better when you consume it with a fat like olive oil. Oh, interesting, mm -hmm. interesting. Because I know like sometimes garlic, 
Yeah, is, that's, is, that's, not, that's, that's kind of a similar thing. Um, the Pretty Med study, which is that big Mediterranean study that I was referring to earlier, um, subjects in that study were um, consumed a, a dish called sofrito a couple mm -hmm. times a week. Yes. And that's where it was like sauteing um, the tomatoes and the olive oil and the garlic together. So oh. that combination is very heart healthy. Uh, sounds mm -hmm. delicious. <laughs> um, do you have a um, Instapot? Because I've heard about Instapots that they, don't. it cooks food really fast. And mm -hmm. I don't know if that's uh, going to make it more nutritious when you're cooking your vegetables. I mean, it cooks it in like right. half the, yeah. the amount. Because of the higher heat, I think. Yeah, it's like, so, a, it's like a pressure mm -hmm. cooker. Mm -hmm. um, so I heard that it's it's also nutritious. Because a lot of people are like, is it nutritious right. to use Instapot or not? No fat added or oils, right? Yeah, you can mm -hmm. you can do, mm -hmm. I think, either or. You can even saute okay. in it. But um, okay. but yeah, but that's that's a, a really good one as well. Um, so I wanted, I actually have this question because I okay. actually just saw that something about bananas and too much potassium can mess with your heart something about the electric as well yeah. is that is that true about bananas? so yeah bananas are very high in potassium okay. mm -hmm. and so the average american diet though is actually tends to be low in potassium okay because fruits and vegetables are the best source of potassium sure. in our diet and most americans don't eat enough fruits and vegetables yeah but if you do eat a lot of fruits and vegetables or a lot of bananas yeah too much potassium actually um, can throw off again the rhythm of your heart, um, just like that. Come that ingredient in the black licorice. Uh, so you oh, get too I much see. potassium then, because um, potassium is a mineral that helps with our hydration and yeah. helps um, with a lot of you know physiological functions in our body. And one is um, heart rhythms too. I see. So yeah, too much can do that. I think one of the reasons is nowadays too, um, just the the way fruits are grown, you know, they're so large, you know, a banana yeah. could be like a foot long, right? but really a serving of a banana from, you know, a, a weight management perspective or just a controlled portion size is only like four inches. Oh, so okay. that's the thing is like people might be eating that entire fruit thinking it's, it's good for them. Hmm. But even, you know, too many calories from fruit is sure. always good either. Or sugar, and, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, it is natural sugar, but yeah, yeah, too much even natural sugar. Oh, very interesting. Um, and then yeah. avocado has even more potassium than bananas. Is that correct? They're very high in potassium, too. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And high calorie because they're and high like, fat. So that's yeah. the thing. Like, patients come in and tell me, like, I eat an avocado every day. I'm like, okay, that's <laughs> very <laughs> good. A lot of healthy fat, but... Oftentimes their goal is weight loss, so I see. we need to you know, try and cut back on the portions. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Um, let's see. I have uh, Michelle. Um, I got to eat with my family at least once a week at different restaurants. Do you have any tips when choosing heart-healthy options off yeah, the menu? Yeah, so sure. The, one of the biggest things you have to watch out for when dining out really is the sodium you know, yes. content in food. So. I would, you know, number one, just make sure you kind of tell your server to try and prepare things without added salt so you can control that. Mm -hmm. um, and just be, you know, mindful, you know, of your choice and, and try and choose something that includes a lean protein, maybe a whole grain starch and still has vegetables, you know, either as a side or get a side salad with it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, try and just tweak things, even though the meal might not come the way you like it, you know, try to do things maybe even more just a la carte on the side. So... It sure, a that's a really balanced. good idea. And just avoid the obvious things like the fried things and the breaded things and, you know, ask for salad dressing on the side so you can control how much you're, you're using. Sure, mm -hmm. sure. Great. Yeah, and obviously portions are usually very big at restaurants. So share. Consider, yes, consider <laughs> share sharing or like asking for a box right away so you can like 
box up half your portion sure. or ask for like a lunch size portion. Now, um, when we talk heart healthy, we don't talk, we don't think about kids usually, but you know, I have two uh-huh. little ones. I know you have little ones. Uh-huh. Um, is it too early to, to think about heart healthy no, eating for all. little ones? Not at all. Not at Absolutely. all. Start yeah, you can when you start. can. That Mediterranean diet, yeah, from the beginning, yep. yeah, you know, yeah. with obviously lots of fruits and vegetables, and you know, introducing them to to beans and sure. fish and, sure. and nuts, and you know, yeah, giving them the leaner proteins and you know, not too much, you know, burgers and yeah. cheese, yeah. and obviously, you know, milk is still an important part of kids' growing bodies, yes. so. You know, just but low-fat milk is, is what most pedi- pediatricians recommend. Great. Mm-hmm. Thank and, you. Yeah, still cooking with the olive oil and... and getting, getting their taste yeah, buds used to exactly. fish and things mm-hmm. like I think that's what mm-hmm. a lot of people maybe uh, struggle with. Because sure. if your kids are not used to that kind of taste and more, you know, mac and cheese, sure. then... Yeah, I, I struggle with that myself with my kids. Um, Carl is asking, how can someone know how much of their cholesterol came from diet versus what was created by their own body? Yeah, so unfortunately, we really can't, you know, know that um, hmm. because yeah, our liver does make cholesterol for us. I see. Um, and so um, it's it's hard to identify, but we do, you know, obviously total cholesterol when we get like our blood drawn is made up of three different types, triglycerides, your HDL, and your LDL. Mm-hmm. So it, we do know that you know triglycerides are affected by our diet, dietary choices. HDL, not too affected too much um, by our diets, affected more by genetics and whether you exercise and smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, and the LDL cholesterol, though, is affected you know, by our diets, so we can you know, improve it um, by making adjustments. But um, you know, a lot of patients have, um, you know, genetic conditions or familial, you know, hyperlipidemia. So it's it's hard to know exactly. Hard to tell where um, it's coming but from. But your, your, your cardiologist um, often can run some other blood tests, too, to tell if there's other, you know, genetic kind of risk factors that, um, you know, puts you at greater risk of heart disease. Great. Thank you. Um, Jenny, speaking of bananas, mm-hmm. my 16-month-old eats most of a banana every morning. Is that too much? No, I don't, I don't <laughs> think so. I mean, I think, you know, kids who are growing and, and need those calories, you know, that shouldn't hurt them and, and cause any, you know, heart rhythms at that yeah, age. Yeah, too, too. yeah, too. Okay, mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. So we're good with uh, a banana every morning. Yeah, and uh, obviously, yeah, kids aren't consuming that many calories. Sure, right, right, compared to adults. Mm -hmm. Um, Laura, what do you recommend for getting caffeine while still being heart healthy? Just so, I think there's nothing, you know, wrong with caffeine unless typically doctors want you to limit it if you do have, you know, um, arrhythmias um, or, you know, abnormal heartbeats, you know, then typically it's um, recommended to avoid caffeine. But, um, you know, caffeine in moderation is, is definitely part of a healthy diet. So obviously coffee tends to be the most, you know, dense source of caffeine, but, um, you know, tea is, is lower in caffeine. Um, herbal teas are typically very low or have sure. none. Um, I would discourage caffeine from soda only because yeah. you know, soda really has no nutritional value sure, at sure. all. Um, So one to two cups of coffee, would you say, is probably okay? Absolutely, yeah. Excellent. Um, Okay, we have a few minutes left. I'll do one more question here. Um, Phil's asking, should I still be getting just egg whites for breakfast, or am I okay to consume the yolk? 
a good question. <laughs> so the yolk is a big source of cholesterol, but it's yeah. also a source of a lot of other good nutrients too. So a lot of different vitamins and minerals um, in there. So, you know, my opinion on that is, you know, if your cholesterol is normal, you know, nothing wrong with, with having a yolk every day. Okay. And if your cholesterol is high and, and you're working on trying to, to lower it, um, then that would, you know, discourage the yolks to maybe just a few times per week and, and eating more of the egg whites. But um, there was a, a paper that was um, released last year, um, and the consensus from a group of cardiologists was that, you know, cholesterol from eggs does have a cholesterol-raising effect, so mm -hmm. eating too many yolks can, sure. you know, raise your cholesterol. So that's why I would. So as long as you're heart healthy, you can, mm -hmm. yeah. in moderation, sure. eat some, sure. some yolks with your eggs. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, before I let you go, is there anything you want to tell our viewers or listeners that um, maybe you haven't touched on? Um, or we kind of touched on everything, yeah. I think. We covered a lot. Great. Mm -hmm. So Mediterranean diet, definitely. Right, yeah, Mediterranean diet, you're not. Yeah, try to... Uh, you know, comply with that as as, as much as you can, and now watching your sodium and um, great. Yeah, we we didn't talk about beverages, a little coffee, but yet trying not to drink your calories. We didn't talk a lot about dairy, which is another kind of yeah um, controversial type yeah, of topic. Yeah, it is. We it talked is. about it as far as kids, but um, do you think adults but, should be drinking dairy? I, I think you can. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So milk is going to be a source of saturated fat too. So right, again, if you're trying right. to watch your cholesterol, then we'd want to. Um, you know, limit that. So then the alternatives would be there's lots of non-dairy milks, though. Yes. Um, for example, soy has almost, you know, the same amount of um, protein as cow's milk does. Mm. And then nowadays, though, you have, like, the almond milk and even coconut milk, really yes. popular, trendy. Yes. So almond milk, you know, has no saturated fat. But it's also a lot lower in protein. Okay. Um, so it just depends on, you know, what you're looking for if you just want that, like, milk consistency and taste and you're getting protein from somewhere else sure um then you know almond milk's a great choice also low calorie too sure. um just depends on what what the patient what your goals yeah are. what your goals are so mm -hmm. research what you're drinking mm -hmm. but what the you're good thing eating. is like all types of milk they'll have you know the same amount of calcium yeah. and vitamin d usually the non-dairy milks are all should be fortified most of them with vitamin d which is important Great. Um, vitamin that we need to. Great. Well, yeah. thank you so much for sure. coming in today. I appreciate that. And that's all the time that we have for today. And for more health tips and information, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Cleveland Clinic, just one word. Thank you and see you again next time. This concludes this Cleveland Clinic Health Essentials podcast. Thank you for listening. Join us again soon.